0: Our series is entitled, The Son of God, Understanding the Gospel of John, Part 1. We're in John chapter 9, and we're learning about the healing and aftermath of the blind man in Jerusalem who washed in the pool of Siloam and came back seeing. We're going to learn some very bizarre responses to this great miracle. Yes, there were people who believed in Jesus and chose to follow him, but others not only refused to believe, they plotted to kill him because he was doing precisely that, opening the eyes of the blind, healing the sick, casting out devils, raising the dead. Human nature, its hard-heartedness, its blindness in a lost and fallen world has to be one of the great wonders of the world, but it happens. It. In fact, all the time, Gospel of John shines light into what is a very dark corner of our human nature. So, this particular lesson is called The Inquisition Continues, because our last lesson was simply called The Inquisition. Severe, hard questioning with a menacing tone, in a sense trying to bully people to get the kind of response they want. So, it's based on John chapter 9 verses 22 to 29. I'm going to read to you a couple of verses here, beginning with verse 24. Then again called they the man that was blind, and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man, meaning Jesus, is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. And what we have here is really the Inquisition has more to do with the blind man than with Jesus personally. He healed the blind man, went his way, and now the blind man who is a healed man, he can see, is the, in the spotlight of his neighbors and of the Pharisees who are absolutely perplexed or they are fuming because of what Jesus has done. It's going to bring him more attention. It's going to bring him more following. It's going to give him more clout, perhaps even in a political sense, although he was not a politician any way, shape, or form. And it could take away their privileges. In their mind, it could even cause the wrath of the Roman occupying authorities. So they wanted to get rid of Jesus as soon as they could. It wasn't enough to banish him. It wasn't enough to just keep him back in Galilee. They wanted him taken off the face of the earth how horrible human nature can be so we will learn more in this lesson about these very things first of all we will start out with the parents of the blind man who they affirm that he is their son born blind but they claim they don't know who opened their eyes or how it happened well the fact is they did know they knew everything but they were afraid they had what is called the fear of man and as we're going to learn If you have the fear of man, you are in bondage. But when you have the fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom, which is to hate evil, which is the instruction of wisdom, when you have the fear of God, it's liberating, not enslaving, and not incarcerating. So they had that fear of man, and then there was more than that. And by the way, we get the fear of man because we want to be accepted by people, even though it may mean being rejected by God. Let's get this straight. Much better to be accepted by God and rejected of people than the other way around. Because if you're rejected of God, you have no future. The fact is, when you are accepted by God and you please him, even your enemies will be at peace with you. So we're going to have the parents on the scene briefly. Then we're going to see that the man is summoned again and interrogated again by the Pharisees. He will say some things that will really get up the noses of the elite. And he will give them a lecture. All in this program. Let's read now the portion that is before us. John chapter 9, verses 22 to 29. Our lesson is called, The Inquisition Continues. Again, that references John chapter 9, verses 22 to 29. This is the word of the Lord. And I might just preface it. The parents of the blind man who were asked said, We know he's our son born blind, but we don't know who opened his eyes or how it happened. Ask him yourself. Here is the follow-up, the sequel. Verse 22, John 9. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was the Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, said the parents, his parents, he is of age. Ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind, and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Then said they to him again, What did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore, would ye hear it again? Will you also be his disciples? Then they reviled him, and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. The man answered, and said unto them, Why, herein is a marvelous thing, that you know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshipper of God, and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. Our reading is from John chapter 9, verses 22 to 29, and our lesson is called The Inquisition Continues. Well, this is getting from bad to worse, but be assured, God will have the final word in the end. Reasons for Caution John 9.22 Jesus performed his second messianic miracle in Jerusalem, according to John. The first miracle was the healing of the lame man at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5. The second was the healing of the blind man at the pool of Siloam. There's something about these Jerusalem pools that make them a good place for healing. While many believed in Jesus as a result of the miracle... Others did not. So began an inquisition, first by the neighbors, then by the Pharisees, to ascertain what happened and if Jesus had broken the law of Moses. The former blind man was asked about his healing, and he answered truthfully. They were still not convinced that this man was even born blind until they asked his parents. The parents affirmed that he was their son born blind. However, they were non-committal as to the cause or person involved in the healing of their son. The healed man's parents had reason to be cautious, in the natural, that is. A decree had already gone out that if anyone said that Jesus is the Messiah, he would be cast out of the synagogue. Now, we have no details on this. Is it a specific synagogue? Is it all the Jerusalem synagogues? What is it? I don't think it involves the temple because... Jesus still would visit the temple. Anybody could. Even Gentiles could visit the temple and go in to a certain point. So we have no details. But what we know is there would be rejection and ostracism for saying what was becoming increasingly obvious that this carpenter's son from Nazareth of Galilee is the long-awaited son of David, Messiah and King of Israel. To say such a thing, would have you thrown out of the synagogue. So what these parents had is a phrase used more than once in the Gospel of John. It's called the fear of the Jews. Now, it's not just fear of the Jews. It's fear of people, regardless whether they're Jewish or Gentile. The book of Proverbs tells us to fear the Lord. That's Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. It also tells us in chapter 29, verse 25, that the fear of man is a snare. And believe me, it is. The fear of man is a snare, and again, that's Proverbs twenty-nine, twenty-five. This ostracism by unbelieving Jews, of those who do believe in Jesus, continues to this very day. But it will have a use-by date. Make no mistake about that. So in verse 23, that's why. Now, the fear of man and the fear of the Lord are the reasons that the parents of the healed man said he is of age. Or as I should really put it, it's the fear of man, not the fear of the Lord, that caused his parents to react in that way. So in verse 24, summoned again. What was summoned again? The blind man that now can see. The Pharisees and the elite were now in harassment mode. They weren't getting the answers or the outcome they wanted. The narrative they're trying to weave is just not coming together. So they summoned the former blind man and made a blanket statement. Give God the praise. In other words, you better answer the way we want. We know this man is a sinner. Now, isn't that amazing? He didn't even have a proper hearing, but he's already declared a sinner. No evidence, nothing, just whim and envy and a rotten attitude. What was Jesus' sin? Well, he didn't have any sin. The Lord simply violated the Pharisees' interpretation of Sabbath-keeping. But their interpretation was not God's interpretation. Jesus himself rightly points out in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses 27 and 28. And that's Mark 2 again, 27 and 28. The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. So the Sabbath isn't some burden to us, it's a blessing to us. It's for our benefit, not the benefit of the day itself, or of the elite who have a vested interest in it. Furthermore, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. Praise God for that. Now, by the way, we as believers believe in a Sabbath rest. It need not have to be on Saturday. We can do it on the Lord's Day. Every day we have is the Lord's Day. And we enter into his rest every day or should enter in his rest. So I'm not into religious pharisaical sabbath keeping i am into entering into his rest and having a day of rest preferably on the day that we worship god communally i can see john 9 25 the former blind man responds that he cannot comment whether jesus was a sinner or not what he can comment on is that he was once blind and now he sees here we go again Verse 26, the Pharisees asked him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? They kept asking the same thing in the hopes that the answer would be different the next time around. Perhaps the man on subsequent questioning would reveal some new details about Jesus that would get him into trouble. I mean, there's no other reason for asking the same thing again and again, unless, of course. They just weren't listening, and that is a very strong possibility. Do you want to follow him, asked the man, John 9:27. This healed man becomes exasperated, as if being healed by Jesus was some kind of crime. In one sense, it was. How dare you get healed on the Sabbath day, was the answer of the Pharisees. So he says, I told you the answer already, how I was healed but you didn't listen. Do you want to hear it again? Then he innocently asks if they want to be Jesus disciples, thinking they were looking for the healing formula or kept asking because they wanted more details. Boy, as the adage goes, this invitation to follow Jesus was, quote, a red rag to a bull. He was reviled by the elite. You are this man's disciple as if that was some kind of insult but we the high and mighty follow Moses even though the fact is Moses would never have approved of their behavior they go on to say we know from where Moses came he is from God but as for this man we don't know from where he came and we don't really know who he is again this haughty contempt for those who are born again and believed by the religious establishment elite continues until now. It may be a sad fact that just because somebody has an official position in an official church doesn't mean that they know God or are born again. We pray that they do, and indeed many do, but not everyone that has a title, or position, or the, the robes, or, or the shall we say, the the trappings of the ecclesiastical leadership. Not everybody knows the Lord. What we need to do is have discernment, and we need to pray for those who may not yet be in the fold. Sometimes being in that position of being in the clergy, but not knowing the Lord, can make things harder, not easier, to come to living faith. The lecture, John 9, verse 30 as if he wasn't in enough hot water already from the inquisitors the healed man proceeds to share his unsolicited opinion how amazing you don't know where this man jesus came from but he opened my eyes in other words he must be someone special and then in our final verse john 9:31 the Healed man continues the lecture. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but will hear true worshipers who will do his will. The implication is that the only way this man could be healed is that God listened to Jesus, who must be a righteous man. Now this goes totally against the narrative that the Pharisees are trying to foist on Jerusalem and the world, that Jesus was not the Messiah, that Jesus was a deceiver and a sinner, and therefore we need to get rid of him. So, our lesson is called, The Inquisition Continues. What is our lesson for life? The story of John chapter 9 is about a blind man who can see, and seeing people who are spiritually blind.